Welcome to Afternoon at the Museum, a production of iRedTech Corp. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Afternoon at the Museum. I'm Janine Stanley, the Customer Communications Director here at IRAN. I just said my title completely backward, but I am the Director of Customer Communications here at IRA. We are, of course, a visual interpreting service here to celebrate. We have so much to celebrate today. It's a giant party. We have, we are celebrating Audio Description Day. And I'm going to do a little, a little commercial here on what audio description versus visual interpreting is. And then Stephanie's going to tell you about the big celebration that we are continuing through today. So what's the difference between audio description and visual interpreting? Well, visual interpreting is a one-on-one -on -one relationship between you and the visual interpreter. And today we have Christopher, who many of you may remember from the America special after the inaugural. We have Christopher with us today as our visual interpreter. Hey, Chris. How's everybody doing today? Awesome. And now <clears throat> I am going to turn you over to our host of Afternoon at the Museum with this very special celebration. Hi, Stephanie in her Dodger bloom is Stephanie Watts. Hello, everybody. Thank you, Janine. Hi, Christopher. And today we are celebrating Jackie Robinson Day. Actually, Major League Baseball celebrated uh, yesterday. They traditionally celebrate April 15th. Um, so of course we're one day behind, but we will celebrate going back to the Negro League Baseball Museum in Kansas City, where we visited last October. <clears throat> and so we're there again today and um, we're, we're doing a little bit of a different uh, twist and spin. Um, regrettably, we, we're not joined by staff they're very busy over there. I'm sure they're open for business. They've got lots of new and exciting things happening, um, but we are thankful um, to Dr. Doswell and of course others uh, at the museum for what they provided last October. So for those who missed it, go back in the YouTube archives and check out that show. Um, today, again, we're, we're there at the museum. And so what I would like to um, do and Christopher and Janine, please um, jump in, uh, help to uh, turn it in a different direction if, if it needs to be. But I thought we would start off with a little bit of an introduction on who Jackie Robinson is. Um, those listening may know, but perhaps maybe not. Maybe you're just a baseball fan, or I won't say just because I'm a passionate baseball fan. So maybe you're a fan and you just don't know. You don't know about him. And so we're going to look at hit a little introduction some career highlights. Um, many of you may not know, I, I wasn't aware, he has civil rights um, activities, things that he was very active in, um, you know, and we'll maybe talk about the Major League uh, Baseball celebration of him. And um, as always, we want to visit the gift shop again at uh, NLBM. And then we'll just kind of close it out and maybe uh, see if we can get a couple questions in from our friends over there in YouTubeville land uh, and Zoomville land. So 
Absolutely. Right. And, and that means Janine has to go over to YouTube land and grab some of those comments. But but yeah. never fear, because we can do that. So if you have questions or comments, just throw them out there. And um, this is going to be so cool. And plus, I love the I gift shop. So. I always love the gift shop. Always so. the gift shops. We're all yeah. about the gifts. Getting yeah. and, and receiving. <laughs> Giving and receiving. Exactly. Exactly. And so, then we have a special treat too to tell you what the folks at the museum are up to. So stay tuned to the end because you're going to learn about a really cool thing that you can, uh, you know, take part in and be a part of from the Negro League Baseball Museum. So away we go. Hey. So Christopher, my friend, um, introduction. Are we on the museum page? Oh, if that's we... where we would like to go, I can go ahead and pull us yeah, up there and uh, share my screen as well. Yeah, so share. Let's give me share one that. moment. Go to the homepage of the museum. And if you'd like to follow along at home, this is nlbm.org. All right, so everybody should be seeing my screen now. So we have um, uh, the homepage of the museum itself. Okay. And on the homepage, we have a uh, banner of, excuse me, the recent stories that are going on right now. And then as well as flashes of Get Geared Up is what the tagline is for the gift shop, shop for officially licensed gear and more. But we'd like to try to go past that and see what's going on mm -hmm. with the rest of the museum today. So as I go on, their legacy plays on, learn more about the NLBM. So what I see here is a mock baseball field with player statues, all in bronze at their positions along the field. And there's a, as I said, there's a tagline there to learn more about the NLBM. So as I click this, we have a banner comes up and we see what looks to be a series of celebrities. I know that looks like um, maybe former baseball players, maybe even um, uh, celebrities themselves at the visiting the museum, speaking at a podium. Mm -hmm. And just about the NLBM, the Negro League Baseball Museum is the world's only museum dedicated to preserving and celebrating the rich history of African-American baseball and its impact on the social advancement of America. The privately funded 501c3 non-for-profit organization was established in 1990 and is the heart of Kansas City. Missouri's historic 18th and Vine Jazz District, the NLBM operates two blocks from the Paseo YMCA, where Andrew Rube Foster established the Negro National League in 1920. And Christopher, I'm going to just jump in real quick to Please. share with people who, uh, again, another reason to go back to the October show. One of the things that we were told about this museum that was really cool is they have a way of... Um, moving, if you will, people through. And so the field that Christopher just mentioned with the statues of players actually in their positions is not something you get to right away as they move you through as a, as a museum guest. Um, they, and I'm not gonna give it all away, but they have a way of actually moving you along so that you go through a series of other exhibits and and uh, things and you end up on this particular field. So you are routed, if you will, in a different way. But at some point, as you're getting routed through the museum, you will ultimately come onto that field. And it's, it's I would imagine, just an amazing experience. Um, next Almost best as thing if you're moved through history. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, they move you through history. 
And then you're actually on a field where you can um, be near or stand next to these statues. So again, revisit that show um, for information about how Dr. Doswell explained that because he gave an ex excellent explanation of their process. Um, all this thought behind how to make this experience so rich for people um, is amazing. And again, he he's a, just a, was a delight to listen to um, back then. So very good. So, okay, uh, Christopher, then as we go along here, um, how might we get to information about Jackie Robinson? So, I mean, take me through as though we're walking, we're literally walking through the museum. So let's try to see. I was hoping that maybe they would have some sort of virtual tour, maybe mm -hmm. like when we did the Civil Rights History Museum back in the day. But so far, I've not really seen anything about that. But I'm, uh, mm -hmm. I'm going to try to see if I can find something about that right now. As I visit the separate pages, we see uh, this man whose face appears many, many times over there. Uh, the museum page. And I'm going to maybe guess that this is the founder of the Negro League Museum. But up to bat right now is a section of the museum. We have a picture of Jackie Robinson and a section to learn more about him. So step up to bat, Negro Leagues baseball. This month, Jackie Robinson is up to bat. Jackie Robinson broke baseball's color barrier when he made historic MLB debut. Here's the pitch on that. And so they give him a, a bit of... Uh, a lot of bullet pointed information okay. on Jackie Robinson as well. And then at the end, they have a coupon code to get 15% off on merchandise in there, but they have pictures of him as well. So there's one picture and this, this picture of him is interesting. Uh, he's sitting almost what looks to be at some sort of a court, maybe a hearing wearing a very, very nice tan suit, his hair, unlike where you see in many of his other pictures because he's always got his baseball cap on. So you never truly get to see him without mm -hmm. the cap on. He's almost unrecognizable, but at the same time too, very clean cut. You can see his hair was just done probably before. The hairline is just very well shaped up and it looks to be he's got his ring on and he's got a piece of paper in front of him as he speaks out. But behind him, you can only see you see a, a bunch of people behind him, but I see only a very, very few black faces. So you wonder what this uh, mm -hmm. what this picture represents. Um, unfortunately, they don't have any okay. um, captions for the picture. But as I move to the next photo, it's a very famous one of him standing. It must have been when he was playing with the Kansas City Royals still. He's got the KC jersey on. Uh, the oh, baseball my friend, cap. let me let me let me just jump in here. That's Please, go the Kansas ahead. City Monarchs. Kansas yeah. City Monarchs, I apologize. He was, when, when he came along in 1945, he played for the Monarchs. Um, and yeah, there's there's history behind that. So Definitely. That. I know, I know when he, I'm uh, reading about it a little bit, I know he, when he had first gotten back from the war and, you know, gotten out of the military and wanted to play baseball, he was actually reading about it. He was, seemed like he was a little bit disgusted with the way that the Negro League baseball actually conducted themselves. He didn't like mm -hmm. the way the players worked. He didn't like the way the managers, he just didn't really like the organization. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, him going to UCLA and growing mm -hmm. up very, it seemed like very properly. Um, oh, yeah. He's he just didn't like guy. the, the mm -hmm. kind of, you know, he didn't like the rough and tumble attitude there. He wanted to truly do something, I guess you could say gentlemanly, which is, I, I believe, truly one of the reasons he was able to break that barrier because I know a lot of the controversy 
among the black players in the leagues is that um, he wasn't the best player. Exactly. So many of them thought that he didn't deserve to yeah, break that right. barrier, which is very sad to think about as in you would want anybody to. Uh, a win for one of us is a win for all of us, but instead it wasn't seen that way by many people I read about in the Negro League. So, mm -hmm. Exactly. I, I think I also didn't realize that he was a veteran. Mm -hmm. He was a court-martialed I read about. It says we have a little bit right here. Um, born January 31st, 1919 in Cairo, Georgia. Died in 1972. Duration of the career, 1945 to 1956. And as you said, he did play for the Kansas City Monarchs as well as the Brooklyn Dodgers. Main position played. He played shortstop in the Negro Leagues, but they moved him to second base and first base in the major leagues. Mm -hmm. Before starting his baseball career, yes, he served in the Army from 1942 to 1944. During his last year of service, he was court-martialed for not moving back to a segregated, not moving to the back of a segregated bus. He had always strongly objected to segregation, which is not really a bad thing. And I've read about that, um, uh, excuse me, Branch, I believe his name. Branch Ricky. Yep, uh, he, when he brought him into the league, uh, he wanted him to try to turn the other cheek was his main thing he wanted. That was the only way he felt like that they could truly break that barrier as opposed to bringing in a person that yes, you should be against segregation. I'm not asking you to sit down and just be weak but at the same time, too, if you get angry and wild out, I feel like people would not take him as seriously. And so I guess that was very strong of him to do. So he said to exactly. have the guts to not lash out, to not fight back. And in this context, when we talk about Branch Ricky, I want to say that I think when we consider what an ally is in the cause of civil rights and social justice, Branch Rickey in his day would be what we would call an ally today because he had some thought, real thought behind breaking the color barrier in Major League Baseball. And you're right, as others know, uh, Jackie Robinson was not the best player. In fact, baseball was not his best sport. He was, uh, I think, a football player and basketball and track star at UCLA. So baseball was more or less like, oh, well, okay, I'll do that too, because he was a tremendous athlete. So again, Branch Rickey, I celebrate him as a, as a good ally to have considered how best to break the color barrier. You know, and I get that the other men might have felt the way they felt. I mean, for all the reasons they did, but I'm, I, I still celebrate that we have a person like Jackie Robinson who was able to break the color barrier exactly. um, with the assistance of, of Branch Rickey and Branch Rickey's forward thinking. And again, you know, being with the Dodgers and deciding this is the right time and the right place and Jackie's the right person. You know, it could have gone all the way different, but fortunately for all of us, it went well, um, even though Jackie suffered a lot, suffered a lot. So. So as we look at another part of the museum, I see um, uh, it's called uh, Tipping Your Cap. So the presidents are, because this is the centennial anniversary of the Negro League Baseball Museum, the former presidents, we have Barack Obama, uh, Jimmy Carter, President uh, Bush, as well as, as well as President Clinton, all mm -hmm. tipping their hats towards the museum. And it looks like 620 on the date of 629-2020. 
-hmm. So we have a part of the museum that is dedicated. It's called the Robinson family. So Jackie Robinson families tip their cat to the Negro League Museum. And it shows a YouTube video of what looks to be four women sitting um, outside on a terrace along a brick wall beside a, what looks to be a pool, maybe even a small pond. We see the woods behind them, a gas grill to the right side, all smiling, a little dog on their laps. There is something so wonderful and touching about this short video. What you see here is four generations of Jackie Robinson's family tipping their caps to the Negro Leagues. You see Jackie's wife, Rachel, their daughter, Sharon, their granddaughter, Meta, and their great-granddaughter, Jessica Sims. To think of their individual experiences as African-American women, it's so powerful. Jackie Robinson changed America with his fighting spirit and refusal to yield. His family continues to fight. By so we the can way, play that video if you, sorry. Sure, I would, I would like to play the video and I would just also wanna add that um, Mrs. Robinson, Rachel Robinson is 97 years young. Oh, I don't wow. remember her that's birthday, awesome. but she is 97. All years. right, oh, that's great. Yeah. That is just, that's incredible just to, yes, make it and to know that I'm, uh, to know in life that stress, to know as we get to this day and age and know that science, how we've learned things with uh, medical advancements and know that mm -hmm. stress is a very, very, very big factor in people's lives and health. And to know the stress of mm -hmm. coming up as not only an, uh, a Black person in America, but also as a woman through these days and age, how much stress she went through. And yet here she is sitting right there, still smiling, still lovely. And it is just, uh, as you said, it is incredible uh, to know that it's sometimes very stressful with me. I think about to get up in the morning and come sit down at the computer desk and get ready for work. And I, I can't imagine. So yes, I tip, she tip, they tip their hats to them, but we should all be tipping our hats to them as well. So. Exactly. So shall we, we check out the video? Is it, we will is go it ahead a... and play that. I imagine it's not a very short, long video. So it is only 19 seconds. Civil rights royalty Robinson family. They're saying happy birthday, and that, and that is the video, happy birthday, Negro Leagues, and it does show all of them just very quick, quickly tipping their hats, and I do see it is a, a swath of generations we do have. Um, it must be the great-granddaughter, the great-great-granddaughter sitting right here on the far left side. She's wearing mm -hmm. a tie-dye rainbow t-shirt with a white cap on, bright smile, obviously the youngest. She can't be any more than 13, 14 years old. To the right of her is Rachel. And um, uh, as you said, 97 years young, still a smile and I, I can't imagine. So it's, we all weather life differently. So I can't imagine what I'd look like if I did make it to 97. <laughs> I'm not gonna look that good though, so. And I beg we, to differ, but that's, that's just me. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, thank you. <laughs> so as we move to the right, we see, um, I'm guessing it must be one of the other, it must be the daughter, mm -hmm. it must be Jackie Robinson's daughter. And she's wearing a number 42 cap, uh, blue cap on, which is an amazing thing. I guess he was the first uh, player in all sports as I read about, excuse me, mm -hmm. if I can just scroll back up and check on my information real quick. Uh, MLB in 1997 retired that number 42 mm -hmm. in across all major leagues teams. So he was the four, first athlete in any sport to be honored. So, so he didn't break any color barriers when he did that. He accomplish something that no one else had ever accomplished the uh you know the the esteem of that and everything you know the 
I, I can't imagine to know that. And so that to know that, as you said on Jackie Robinson Day, that I didn't know that every player in the MLB wears the number 42 for that day. That's astonishing. Well, let me throw a little other factoid at you guys out there, uh, Zoom and YouTube. Some you may know, some may not. Um, there was a player. He was with the New York Yankees, Mariano Rivera, a great reliever. He is the last player. Now he's since retired, but he was the last player in MLB to wear the number. So when it was retired in 1997, there were still a handful of people who were active players who wore it. So when it got oh, retired, wow. that meant they were no longer allowed to issue it to a new player. Oh, so as, they still wore that. They still wore it. So as people retired or left, however it happened, the number was then removed from the team's ability to assign it. And Mariano Rivera is the last player in Major League Baseball to have worn that number, which was pretty cool because he was oh, amazing. Wow. Um, wow. Once he left the game, it was that was it. The number's no longer available. It is retired. And yes, there's, I don't believe any other sport where they have retired a number, a number. That's how esteemed Jackie Robinson is. I think so as well. I think um, to know that uh, you can be a good player and you can get a lot of respect off of just being a good player after being a great mm -hmm. player. Um, he could have, you know, he could have just played baseball, but all the things he decided to do, the fact that he wanted to get involved with the civil rights movement, a lot of people, if mm -hmm. you get comfort and you find yourself in a place where you don't need to get involved in things, maybe it's better to just hang back. You know, he had reached a point to where he had money, he had fame. Mm -hmm. Getting involved in said movement could have jeopardized all that, could have, uh, lost all that he could have very easily wound up in jail could have very easily wound up dead easily everybody knows that so to know that he continued with that and I think it's amazing once again mm -hmm. so we'll try to see anything else we can find in the museum that they will let us see mm -hmm. if you don't mind sure so if you want to take this time to share any other factoids Stephanie that'd be great <laughs> Now I'm on the spot for factoid sharing. Well, an amazing I, repertory of factoids here. I'm I'm like glued to this, going, oh wow, because I'm you know I I like baseball, and I grew up in a house where uh, my dad was a just incredible Cleveland Indians fan. So mm -hmm. um, long suffering Cleveland Indians fan, I might add. But um, <laughs> <laughs> well, this Poor was guy. the yeah. you know <laughs> 70s and early 80s. So. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> not not a particularly I, great uh, Cleveland Indians time. Right. I, I will say, I think one of the things, if I'm not mistaken, that happened is he won Rookie of the Year. And there's another uh, big award that he won as a rookie. Um, he, I think he stole home, home plate more than any other. A player certainly in that day and we don't see people stealing home these days in baseball um little little um baseball inside baseball kinds of things and those out there um in uh, zoom on zoom and uh, youtube if you know some of these little factoids uh jump in and write them or especially in youtube uh write write them in um but uh he, I'm looking at some notes here. Yeah, I mean, he, 
One of the things I will say, again, as a, as a fan, uh, when you play second base, you got to be prepared to receive people coming in and maybe put, putting up their, their uh, spikes to try to disrupt you because they want you not to tag them out. And of course, now we have better rules in place in Major League Baseball to um, look out for player safety in the second base position, but that wasn't the case back then. I imagine and in the 40s, it was not at all. That is not the case. Yeah. It, wasn't the case it wasn't the case for people they liked. I so imagine, imagine, especially people. with him, yes. Oh, I can imagine he got, he got, got a few a spikes. Lot. Oh, yeah. He got yeah. Ooh. See, that I did not know. And, oh, man. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. I thought, like, being hit in the head with a ball was bad. Woo. Spiking is, yeah, it's all yeah. bad. Mm-hmm. Well, me, I don't know much about baseball. I know a lot about pretty much every other sport, save hockey, but I'm, uh, I don't know that much about baseball. So this is great, learning a little bit more about this. I've found a part of the museum, which they called Storied. So 22 okay. stories about the Negro League Baseball Museum. And chapter two right there is Jackie Robinson. And they have mm -hmm. a quote, they did everything imaginable to try to break Jackie, but Jackie wouldn't break. He wasn't even the most talented player on his own Kansas City Monarchs team. Bob explains why Jackie Robinson was the perfect man to break Major League Baseball's color barrier. And so I think that right there, and we have a photo uh, at the start of the video of Jackie smiling. I feel like in every single photo, this man is always smiling. And, uh, you know, that takes a lot. It takes a lot in what's going on with everything around you. As I just mentioned, you know, if you're tired, it's hard to put on a smile sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, it's one of the... I think it's one of the best quotes with Ira that we always try to remind agents to, you know, not force it, you know, don't force, but make sure you just got a smile on and everything. Cause very, very much. So even if you're just listening, you can hear mm -hmm. a smile. So mm -hmm. just in that everyone's eyes <clears throat> in the United States, baseball really was America's pastime back then. Truly. I know that the favor has shifted, not so much, but the but truth was back then that was the sport. That was what it was to be, an American and all eyes were on him. All mm. words were thrown at him. And yet the man stayed smiling in every photo. So I call it resilient. He was one resilient person. Definitely. I've got an audio clip of him as well. Um, if you guys would like to hear that from the New York Times. Oh, absolutely. Um, one moment. Let me bring that up. So he was being interviewed by Bob Wolf. Let's see if we can hear. Can anybody hear that? No. Let's see if we can get that, let's hear that a little bit better. One moment. If we cannot, I apologize, but give me one second. Now, this, folks, is what it means to have a visual interpreter. We exactly. can ask Christopher to, you know, go to different parts of the museum. We can have him pull things up like this. We can even have him go off the museum site and out to YouTube or somewhere else to actually, um, I'm sorry, not YouTube, let's try Google, uh, to go out and look for different facts, different kinds of things mm -hmm. about the experience that you're having. And so... Mm -hmm. it can just be very very um, uh, it changes things up you never yep. know what you need and it's very nice to be able to just jump all over there's it's crazy how much information is available nowadays that wasn't oh, yeah. available to us back then used to Definitely. have to jump on a bus go to the library look in a book everything like that so that's <laughs> oh my now, gosh you don't now have it's to all do that right anymore. there on so, your screen <laughs> well we, we love the library and we love books but we also have this to augment what our libraries and books 
can give us too. And I think exactly. that's really awesome. The same way Ira is just an additional tool. That's all that the internet can be. So let's see mm -hmm. if we can hear this one moment. Nope, hold on. It is an interesting, I really would like it to be heard. Ah, it? now if you go to screen sharing, Chris, you can actually check uh, here computer audio and that should get it, hopefully. That should get it. Can we start it over? Yes, can you hear that though? We can hear it, it's low, but, but at least we can hear it, so. Let's see if I can, as you said, let's see if I can augment this a little bit. Now, one, the audio isn't great just because. Right. Oh, oh it's probably mm -hmm. fairly old. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> just thinking of some of the technology back then. Wow. <laughs> Everybody, this is Bob Wolf speaking from Miami Stadium in Miami, Florida. Beside me, we have the star second baseman of the Brooklyn Dodgers, Jackie Robinson. And Jackie, I know there are many folks listening in Washington who'll be interested in hearing what you think of the Dodger chances this year. And then after that, I'd like to ask you a few questions about playing that second base spot, which you do so well. First of all, though, how would you judge Brooklyn's chances for the coming season? Well, I think, Bob, that we're going to have to uh, go right back to the old saying, it all depends upon our pitching, I believe. And uh, from the looks of it now, uh, Don Newcomb seems to be working harder than I've ever seen him work before, and we certainly look for a big year from him. And uh, Preacher Rowe, naturally, we expect him to have a great year, but we lost a fellow here to the Army, it looks like, or Palika, and uh, unless we find someone to take up the slack there, it could be rough again because we believe that pitching is at least 75 to 80% of the ball game. Well, now, Jackie, let me ask you a few questions about playing that second base position, which you do so well. I know you're very interested in the youngsters. I wonder if there are any tips you can pass on as to what might make them better ball players. I like to pass on a tip that I picked up from Eddie Miller. I don't know whether I do it or not, but Eddie Miller says that if a, if an infielder will get his glove down as close to the ground as he possibly can, he's better able to judge the ball. I noticed Eddie when he was playing, he used to come up with a lot of dirt every time he fielded the ball. So I could see why that he, he meant he, he'd do that. He said that he was always able to judge the ball better if he was close to the ground at all times. So I think that's one tip that a kid can practice on early. Stay down as close to the ground as he possibly can. Well, that's a wonderful one, Jackie. And I wonder if you could uh, also give us a word on how you keep your reflexes so sharp so you're able to dart either way at all times. Any particular training program for that or just something you uh, naturally have? Well, I think that comes naturally, but I think any growing kid can can certainly help his reflexes along by getting his proper amount of rest while he's growing and certainly steering clear of the uh, hard liquors and things like that, smoking and things. If they steer clear of it, I certainly think it helps. I mean, I was told that when I was a kid growing up, and uh, I listened to my coaches, and I think it helped me. And any kid that's really interested in athletics or any other thing should remember that they cannot smoke and drink and uh, grow up to be good ball players or anything else. Well, thanks a lot, Jackie Robinson, and I know everybody's rooting for you to have another big year, so good luck, and we'll be watching you. Thank you, Bob. Now, I'd awesome. like to say first that I'm, uh, and I think it's okay and fair to say, he did not sound like what I thought he was going to sound like. Um, oh, I, definitely not. I, right, that's exactly right. what I was thinking, Chris. I had to check the video a couple times just to make sure when I first <laughs> listened to it that uh, mm -hmm. it was, in fact, him. And it right. was. It was. Uh, mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I think it was nice to say, and I didn't want to interrupt him because they showed a couple of pictures during the video, and I, I just felt bad. I didn't want to interrupt him while he was speaking. You know, you don't interrupt 
Dr. King's speech, and I imagine you don't interrupt Jackie Robinson talking. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Some of the pictures when he spoke about uh, fielding the ball, it was a photo of him doing exactly that, and his ball was inches above. Um, excuse me, his glove was inches above the ground, and I can get back to that photo. You can go ahead and mute the video. Oh, yeah. Again, some more fire magic here, folks. Yep, there you go. Get back to something we already saw. All yeah. of you out there watching on YouTube who are watching the uh, the visuals of this, whether you are uh, partially sighted or fully sighted or whatever, you know, um, this is the, the cool part to learn mm-hmm. about. And that was something I didn't think about. And now and I can picture the exact position that you're talking about, too. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Down low. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. still got, and he still, um, uh, as you're saying, I know he played second baseman a lot. So in this photo, this must be what it says. His, his left foot is b- extended back behind him and his toes is just barely touching the base. Now, obviously back then their bases were, it almost looks like a dirty pillow on the ground. It um, was, I know, it I really was. I imagine baseball plates are a little bit different now. They're probably plates now, are they not? So, um, uh, so back then it looks like, yes, his uh, left foot is extended all the way behind him. Uh, very, very clean white uniform. So I'm imagining this is probably during warmups before the game has started. Oh, yeah. So he hasn't gotten really dirty yet. Right. But we do see that B right on his forehead, right on his hat. And his hand, as I said, is extended very low to the ground as he's caught mm-hmm. the ball in that left hand. So he said he didn't do it. He said he didn't do it much as uh, his friend Eddie had suggested, but seems in this photo he is. And then we have another Mm -hmm. photo of when Bob asked, how does he stay so sharp? How does he stay so loose and Mm -hmm. um, uh, just athletic and his agility stays up and we have a photo of him must be coming home. Uh, It looks like the home baseman, the home plateman, the catcher has just caught the ball and it's still in his glove though. So he's just about to bring it out. He's falling backwards though. It looks like he has no balance. He's sitting Mm. back on his left leg as his right Mm. leg is extended to the right. And he looks like he's falling back. He almost has no, excuse me, he has no no balance whatsoever, but Mm -hmm. he is trying to bring that ball out. It looks like, and we see Jackie coming home. He must be about two feet from the base, but he's already off the ground completely right leg stretched out in front of him. We see his face clearly as he's going to, as we know, probably in half a second, he's gonna rip up that dirt as he scrapes the rest of the way home. And because this is a tribute to Jackie Robinson, I'm guessing in this photo and the way, just the way that the catcher is put up, there is no way I would think, especially back then, we know with athleticism, there's no way he could bring that ball out fast enough to tag him. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. His, foot, mm-hmm. his foot's not near the base to tag uh, the home base. So yeah, right. I'm guessing Jackie probably made it home. Excellent love, description. Oh That's yeah, beautiful. Love these sports photos, man. Where you're beautiful. capturing just that yeah. whole. Oh man, it's so, interesting yeah. too to note as well that the umpire. Um, is not dressed like I would guess an umpire is dressed nowadays. The umpire is wearing, he looks like he's coming from a funeral, honestly. He's wearing a black suit, it looks like. I was going to say, they they did used to wear suits, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. They were, they Ah. were, I mean, and now I don't recall if their uniforms are blue, but they're dark. Yeah. They're dark. Uh, And back 
then I don't recall if they had chest protectors, but they do now because mm-hmm. they get hit too. Fall balls bounce off. <laughs> oh the yeah. He looks now. like he has. Now I can only see behind him. I can only mm-hmm. see him from the back, but he doesn't look like he has much protection on. And I know that yeah. he wasn't. They didn't believe in protection back then. <laughs> as like, you look, stated, yes. Suit up mm-hmm. and go. Exactly. Yeah. Like nobody in my. And as I am seeing some of these uniforms of today's umpire. Um, you look in, and I can maybe drag one of these over. Let's go ahead and do that. Yeah. Um, as you look into the photo, these today's umpires are wearing what looks to be full tactical gear, like almost right? like <laughs> almost like football gear exactly. underneath their uh-huh. underneath their jerseys. Get... Because I would imagine, oh, yeah. yeah, just getting hit uh, mm-hmm. would be devastating. I mean, I don't want to get hit with a 50 mile an hour. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. I definitely don't want to get hit with a hundred mile an hour. Fastball, right. So exactly. Yeah. No, those guys uh, back then, they didn't have the, um, I think it, some of the umpires today, I think they have the throat uh, something yeah. covering their area because they have gotten hit in the throat Ooh, um, that will kill you got, if you're not careful well, could. yeah could. um they have been hit in the head you know mm-hmm. again foul balls you know mm-hmm. go off the bat and go where they go and so yeah purpose these, these sometimes <laughs> yeah Mm-hmm. I'm not ashamed to say that I'm not brave enough to play that position. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I, bravest guy out there, the umpire, yeah. <laughs> I also didn't like, I played football in high school, and I was definitely not down to be the guy to hold the ball for the kicker, just because that one I'm, always I'm okay. scared me. See, I'd be, okay. doing a, I'd be doing a Charlie Brown on that one. I'd be But it was just... like an accidental Charlie Brown. I wasn't trying <laughs> yes. to play a joke. I was scared. <laughs> yes oh my goodness that's too funny wow (laughs) so christopher do we have any anything in the uh, museum that talks about jackie's stats um that you can share with us let's go ahead and take a look and if not i know i can just find those right again oh not a problem not a problem of you these uh, guys pictures. out there yes and, and youtube put it put your uh, and as zoom as well if mm-hmm. you know some stats about them put them in put them up there put yep. them up there now is that Absolutely. the lovely stat you shared with us about excuse me about the fact that he has the home he's slid the home the most is that what you said think, home on steals so. mm-hmm Give me one moment. I'm going to play oh. a quick video. I'm not going to play the whole thing. I just want to see okay. what exactly okay. it is about. Sure. I, see that these, I see that these stories are, they are stories told about some of these players by the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. Mm-hmm. Uh, the president right now, his name is Bob Kendrick. Yes. So I'm a very clean cut individual. Mm-hmm. But I'm a obviously a huge baseball fan tells a lot about these stories now one of the interesting photos you see here um and see if i can find that i'd like to again is uh and i wondered before why the photo was like that i thought it was just a photo of celebrities visiting the museum because they liked baseball and Mm -hmm. what so but uh there was a photo of um chadwick boseman and ah yes um, excuse me yeah um uh, Harrison Ford. Yes, Harrison mm-hmm. Ford as well. Okay. And I wondered why the photo of them was together. And then I realized they played, yep. obviously, Jackie Robinson and 
uh, Ricky Branch, Branch Ricky in yeah. the yes. Yep. About yep. Harrison Ford doing French Ricky. Hmm. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, the so, movie uh, 42. That's the movie. I 42, think that yes. yep. was in. Yeah. Yep. Excellent job, by the way. Yes, they uh, did. And uh, seeing some of that, it kind of did give you a little bit of the, a bit on what Branch Ricky was, because even though the same way, I feel like they both had maybe the same idea going in. This was, uh, this was money. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He mentions mm-hmm. that Branch oh. Ricky mentions that I'm a, uh, Money isn't black and white, you know, money is green. And mm-hmm. you know, uh, Jackie Robinson mentions that he's just doing this for a paycheck, but the fact mm-hmm. of what they both accomplished with what they were doing in this event, what they were doing just for black people everywhere, for the nation everywhere, because even if you want to be a bigot about it, even if you want to be anything, Sports are way, way, way more fun now that everybody's involved. Oh, you know, absolutely. That's what I be. was thinking. Right. How much more exciting that sports it is, became yes. once they were integrated. I mean, and that's why I think I remember Dr. Doswell back in October saying, you know, the Negro League teams were huge. I mean, they had a huge following and people really enjoyed watching them. And, you know, hey, they're making money, you know, let's see if we can get this, you know, uh, get this into the mainstream and get that kind of revenue and that kind of excitement generated about sports again. Well, the last thing I'll say before you run the video is it gave these players an opportunity to start generational wealth, which is, that's a whole other subject for a whole other. Oh, yeah. That's that's not an (laughs) afternoon at the museum show. (laughs) But But generational wealth is very important (laughs) for stability of families. Exactly. It's so interesting, you know, how all these things play into each other and things we didn't even think about. Exactly. And I love um, the fact, in case you all did not know, that this particular museum shares space with the American Jazz Museum, which we did a two-parter on, uh, which is also up on the YouTube channel. But this is like a must-see if you get to Kansas City. I mean, you've got to do these two museums. And it's going to take a couple days to do them both. (laughs) It's a destination city for me now. I never had imagined it would be, but now that I've learned so much, it'll be a destination city. Um, because this is on the bucket list for me. Oh yeah, visiting these two yeah. museums is on the bucket list. Definitely, if they've got that, they've got the World War One Museum. They've got a great mm-hmm. science museum. So mm-hmm. lots of and lots good of, barbecue. Oh yeah, and <laughs> excellent barbecue. Oh my gosh, I went to three restaurants the last time I visited there, and just each one was a little different, and they were excellent. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. <laughs> Now, I did find some uh, some stats on Jackie Robinson, and now, right. it is not really noticeable in a lot of his photos. As everybody understands that um, humans, uh, each generation, we seem to get bigger, we seem to get stronger, we seem to get faster. Uh, that just is how it works. But mm-hmm. Jackie Robinson, even back in the 40s, was 5'11", 195 pounds. He was mm. a, he was a, he was a beast. He was. Yeah. Uh, I can see where he played he still football and what else, you know. Agility. Wow. Wow. Yeah, being and that so, heavy and moving with that type of agility—that's not nothing. That's fast. Uh-huh. So, exactly. So we've got so, here a six-time All-Star, Hall of Fame MVP, Rookie of the Year's 1955 World Series, batting title. It's 
we have his career stats here. Now, if I read them, uh, please forgive me because uh, I do not understand what they mean. <laughs> I feel uh, quite I silly because Stephanie I don't. Does, it's okay. <laughs> you say a stat, I'll interpret. How about that? <laughs> that works. And I'm, I just wanted to like mention uh, in the movie, I know as well, to some extent the character does mention and i know it maybe does because back then it was it wasn't just about uh how well you played and who you were your character came to question and so back then religion really didn't matter and i know that mm -hmm. uh ricky excuse me branch ricky mentions that jackie robinson was a methodist and that he was a methodist and mm -hmm. god was a methodist methodist <laughs> okay. so it's almost like he's saying that maybe there are some sort of religious reasons. Uh, that's just um, something that was suggested by, excuse me, one of the other, you know, amazing Ira agents, one of the amazing leads, Belle. Uh, huge, huge baseball fan. I really wish maybe she would have had time to do this just because. Um, All the mm -hmm. stuff we don't know about the yeah. agents. All right. So, um, but yes, she's. Uh, she definitely shared a little bit of this That's information cool. with me to help me get ready for this. So I have nice. to say shout out to her. Thank you, Belle. Thank you, Belle. So, so Christopher, did we, did we have a video? Or... Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and oh, get okay. back to that gotcha. video. And I did want to just say that I did uh, find that uh, photo of the president of the Negro League Museum standing mm -hmm. with Harrison Ford, Chadwick Boseman, as well as one of the other actors in the movie, he was the reporter. I apologize. I do not know his name, but um, uh, they all have the Kansas City Monarch jerseys on or they're holding them. And rest in peace, obviously, to Chadwick Boseman, who did pass away. He did an amazing job portraying Jackie Robinson. But let's go ahead and find that video of. Okay. Yeah, Janine. So when we stroll through the gift shop there at the museum, that's going to be a lot of fun in person. Oh, <laughs> yeah. In person. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, definitely. Wendell Smith was the name of the, I said character and I, that is not, that is not right. That was a real person. That was not a <laughs> character. These were all real people, but I see that we are kind of getting close to the hour. And I just wanted to make sure that we could touch into the museum because obviously a lot of great descriptions needed for the shop, for the gift shop. Um, and one yeah. of the first things you see when you do jump into the gift shop is Bo Jackson, and I know that is mm -hmm. uh, obviously oh, another amazing yes. player. It's I interesting that him. Wow. it's interesting, <laughs> Stephanie, that you mentioned that um, uh, that Jackie Robinson, his better sport might have been actually football, and so Bo Jackson did did that. Obviously, played both sports professionally, which can't imagine. I uh, I know, huh? <laughs> No, that's an amazing, amazing thing to do. There's such a mm -hmm. athletic feat of that. And so um, uh, one of the biggest things they are selling is a book, 42 Today, Jackie Robinson and His Legacy. It is, let's take a look at that. Obviously it has a photo of him on the front of it. It almost looks mm -hmm. like he's, his mouth is partially open. It's a slight smirk on his face. He's got that... <laughs> Uh, those original jerseys on that, that uh, white jersey, but that B was so simple on the top of it. It almost looks like, uh, I'm trying to think of what that B kind of looks like. When I look at it, to be um, honest, it's reminiscent of 
the plastic mm. that you have. Yes, it's reminiscent of brass knuckles. Exactly. Mm. That, is, oh, that is what I'm okay. thinking. Cool. So there's a B. Oh my gosh. The letter B on the on the hat. Is that on the hat? So the original oh. Brooklyn B for the Dodgers. Gotcha, so maybe gotcha. it was. I wonder Ooh. if it was fashioned after brass knuckles. Oh wow. I know baseball was very... tough. Brooklyn exactly. Yeah. They, they're definitely very <laughs> tough. Our friends out there in Brooklyn, Brooklyn strong, right? Uh-huh. Very much so. So. Oh wow! See, I had no idea. I was like, B. Why would there be a B? Oh wow! Okay. Because you know, I'm all about the L.A. Dodgers. So, <laughs> like, where's the L.A.? Well, wait, they're in Brooklyn. Can't have they'll, the LA they'll forgive you. They'll forgive you. Both? Maybe. <laughs> well, actually, no LA in Brooklyn. <laughs> yes, the, there's a whole history about when the Dodgers were were taken, were stolen from Brooklyn, as any longtime baseball fan will tell you. They were stolen from Brooklyn and taken to L.A. And there's a whole big story behind that that I unfortunately don't remember. But I thought it was fascinating, though, uh, because having been a Cleveland Browns fan for a while, I can empathize when somebody just pulls your team out from under you and you know and they're gone (laughs) that does sound that that almost sounds like very reminiscent of that 42 you're saying Mm -hmm. that being retired and thinking about if you still wore the number 42 oh no pressure right exactly we're just going to retire this and there you go and and please don't mess up and do anything stupid when you're wearing that number guys because yeah (laughs) respect (laughs) respect um Wow. So this book, I'm going to have to now look and see if that is available um, as an audiobook on Audible. I have to it look that be. up. That would be nice. It says many are familiar with Robinson as a baseball hero. hero. Few, however, know of the inner turmoil that came with his historic status. Mm-hmm. Featuring piercing essays from a range of distinguished sports writers, cultural critics, and scholars, this book explores Robinson's perspectives and legacies on civil rights, sports, faith, youth, and nonviolence, which that is interesting as he spoke about in the video, excuse me, in that audio clip for the New York Times, when he spoke about don't drink, don't smoke. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that was apparently, as I read, when they tried to court-martial him, they were really, really trying to get him. And obviously, as one of his I guess one of his fellow military compatriots fought Mm -hmm. very hard for him and he was able to get it knocked down. He was still court-martialed, but they only knocked it down to, I believe, public drunkenness, Mm. which was ridiculous as he didn't drink, I apparently read back then. So, just, you know, ridiculous Mm -hmm. the times, but crazy what happened to what he had to go through for that. So, yes, can't think of what that did to him and then can't think of, he died at, 53 to know that that his wife, as you said, still alive to this day. What is it like to live a whole nother lifetime, Mm -hmm. you know, without your partner like that historically? The same Mm -hmm. thing we could say of Coretta Scott. So what is that like? So Mm -hmm. I can't imagine. As we look through the music, excuse me, as we look through this, we see another book called A Strong Right Arm. We see throwback jerseys of the actual Kansas City Monarchs. Black Yankees. Gotta get one so of those. I'm, I'm guessing there must be a lot of, uh, uh, excuse me, a lot of, there were obviously a lot of Negro League teams. There was a whole nother mm-hmm. league mm-hmm. itself. But mm-hmm. I see some of the things that they also show in the museum that I seem to obviously cannot find any bits and pieces on, but I know it probably is in one of the storied parts that I think would be an amazing thing to delve into. Too bad we don't have time. Is um, uh, I see some uh, Black women seems to have oh, some places yes. in the museum themselves so mm-hmm. yes that would be i didn't know that 
Uh, I don't, I don't know when, as I said, I don't know much about baseball. So I didn't know when um, women were, I'm guessing it was quite a bit after where, whereas until women were allowed to play baseball um, with a professional league, like men were before it was actually not. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's crazy to see some it, of these things. Like, well, and let me put this out. I believe if I'm not mistaken, that Negro leagues ended in 1960. And so it's interesting to think that they fought to be able to compete in the major leagues, but the fact that they were able to compete in the major leagues ended the the league. And yeah. so it's really rich it's, history too. Yeah. Of, yeah. In 1960. Know. Yeah. And as we think about it now, the um, percentage of African American um, players in Major League Baseball is at an all-time low. Uh, I think it reached its peak in the 70s, somewhere yeah. along the way in the museum. They yeah. probably talk about that. Um, and so as we near the top of the hour, um, Christopher, do you think we have a time for the video? Or, or I can play. I can definitely yeah, play the let's, video. Let's pop back there. And while Christopher is popping back to the video, we will tell you about a podcast that if this is really interesting to you, you're a baseball fan, and this is really some cool stuff. Stephanie, tell them about the podcast that we discovered through pure serendipity. This is so bizarre. I love the word. I know. I know, because it totally fits here. It just like, yes. Wow. (laughs) The Negro League Baseball Museum through, um, forgive me, uh, Dr. Bob, I am blanking on the last, um, they have a podcast just released yesterday, first episode came out yesterday, it's called Black Diamonds, I happened to find it <clears throat> through SiriusXM, because I'm a subscriber of SiriusXM, and it was announced there, at, uh, another show, that I was listening to, but I would imagine you could find Black Diamonds in your um, podcatcher of choice. I got it through Overcast. I found it there and Mm -hmm. um, it it was a great first episode of the podcast. Really well done. And uh, Dr. Bob, as the president of the museum, um, is I believe the host, um, Mm -hmm. will be the host of all of the shows. He certainly was uh, on Mm -hmm. yesterday's episode. And so it is an amazing podcast. Um, it talks about you know things we touched on today as to how it was that Brent Rickey came to choose Jackie and how it was that Jackie Robinson was available to be chosen um, because he clearly could have said, well, thank you. This isn't my major mm-hmm. sport, my favorite yep. sport. This is third on my list of sports. Um, locked bear, don't know that I want to do it. I'm a middle-class kid, um, grown up in California, went to school at UCLA, you know, um, all of the, for all the reasons we can imagine and then some, he could have said, no, mm-hmm. pick somebody else. And where would we be? Um, so yeah. I'll stop there. Christopher. Check out. Okay. Right. Okay. Give me one moment. Hitting play. Cool. Hi, I'm Bob Kendrick, and this is Storied, 22 stories in 22 weeks about the history of the Negro Leagues. Chapter two, Jackie Robinson. If we're going to look for one single solitary event that helped usher in integration in our sport, it would be World War II. And of course, here you had sentiment 
of young black soldiers dying, fighting essentially the same racism in another country that we were being asked to accept here at home. That led to the movement of our so-called national pastime. The sentiment was this, if they could die fighting for their country, they ought to be able to play baseball in this country. That led to Jackie Robinson being handpicked from the great Kansas City Monarchs. Jackie had played here for the Kansas City Monarchs in 1945. And at the end of the 45 season, signed his contract to play in the Brooklyn Dodgers organization. He would spend the 46th season in Montreal in the Dodgers farm system. And then, of course, on April 15, 1947, make that monumental walk on the field as a member of the Brooklyn Dodgers, forever changing the game of baseball, but more importantly, forever changing this country. There's no question you can divide the American 20th century. That kind of impact in terms of sparking social progress in our country. But the question that is so commonly posed to me is, was Jackie Robinson the best player in the Negro Leagues? No, he wasn't the best player on his own Kansas City Monarch team. And by no stretch is that to disparage Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson is one of the greatest athletes in American sports history. He was a four-sport letterman at UCLA. Baseball was his weakest sport. He was a much better basketball, football, and track athlete than he was baseball player, which tells you how talented Jackie Robinson was because he turns himself into a Hall of Fame caliber baseball player. Some say that he was an even better tennis player. There was nothing that Jackie could do. Uh But there were other Negro League veterans who were better baseball players than Jackie was at that time. But Jackie absolutely was the right man to be the first. See, I think we can stop it there. Wow. There you go. It sums it all up. If, yes. And if you want to see all of this content with an IRA agent, you can certainly do that at the Negro League Baseball Museum, nlbm.org. And uh, we don't have any free museum offers yet for this particular museum. But please, if you've got minutes that you want to use up, uh, this is a fantastic way to use them up. And Stephanie, before we go, um, we're going to give the surprise. Um, and everybody, please listen to our original broadcast about the Negro League Baseball Museum. But when you come in, you're literally behind the fence. You're looking at that field and you can't get there. You have to journey through this museum in the way that the players journey to the major leagues to be able to get there, right? That's correct. You oh. cannot get through there. Uh, as I mentioned at the outset, the I call it the field of dreams. I think they have a different... I think, yeah, I think it's the field of <laughs> champions or something, but boy. Yeah. It, 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 but I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, imagine, you know, being a player and, and just wanting to make it to the majors, especially then um, you, you didn't have a chance to make it to the majors. You, your, your majors was the Negro League um, baseball mm-hmm. teams. And so you journeyed. And so the museum is set up in that way to walk um, participants through and you come onto that field at the very end of your um, tour of the museum and you're actually out literally on the field standing next to the statue so that you get the feeling of what it's like to have made the journey and made it to the big 
So yes, that's all of the positions are represented by players. I think they even have an umpire out there, which is really pretty cool. So. Yeah. And um, mm -hmm. I, I would just love, uh, Dr. Doswell said, yeah, you can feel the statues if you want. I'm thinking that would be so cool to get kind of the dimensions of some of these guys mm -hmm. who were out there playing. Um, because I did not realize Jackie Robinson was that tall and, mm -hmm. you know, that bulky. That's wow. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. know why yeah. I didn't think so, but yeah. Well, this well you know, we, we don't think about size and oh, well, you know, not really, no. player, player builds in baseball. I mean, we know basketball players are generally mm -hmm. tall and football players are generally wide. Yeah. And we <laughs> typically don't think about this, yeah. the, uh, the, the, mm -hmm. the height and weight of a baseball player. I mean, you just say, well, the guy's only catching the ball. What's the big deal? But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, that was a pretty bulky size, especially mm -hmm. for that day. Now players are a bit taller on average. Um, uh, but, but there are still many that are, mm -hmm. uh, five, nine, five, 10, five, 11, six feet. Yeah. I think yeah. it's really interesting that, that he was also a tennis player and a very good tennis player I know. also, I know. I know. because boy, there's yeah, another exactly. sport that was not really, mm -hmm. really desegregated until the seventies. I remember right. Arthur Ashe. Ashe. I remember him very well as a big Arthur Ashe fan, because mm -hmm. I love to watch him play tennis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just very, very graceful as a tennis player. But yeah, wow. So this has been a fantastic show. Thank you so much, Stephanie and Christopher, for being here and uh, getting us into baseball. I know, uh, you know, baseball season is on us now. And uh, oh, yeah. some of the parks are having actual live games. So mm -hmm. uh, with mm -hmm. audiences. So hopefully um, people are out there enjoying and enjoying safely. Exactly. Yes, fans are back in the stands and some right. parts they're back yeah. to 100% capacity and other Whoa. parts. That's a little scary. <laughs> it, well, well, yeah, but, all I can say uh, is uh, be responsible. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. If you're, if you're participating live, be You so got it. And say, it. Be responsible. And any so. of these museums we visit, check out the gift shop because they all have masks. All of them have great fun masks and, uh, you know, grab a mask and advertise your your love for museums. Right. So next week we are going to be at one of our access locations. Science people, everybody. Yay. Yeah. Science people gather around because we are going to be at the Boston Museum of Science and IRA access location. And we will have uh, some of their staff with us for that museum. And then on the 30th, we're going back to a zoo we are going to the national zoo and we are gonna hang out at the national zoo which will be quite exciting and look who's here it's ryan bishop who's gonna be our host for the national zoo show Woo! I am with so stephanie and i oh yeah Oh, yeah, we're psyched. And they are another one of our access partners as one of the Smithsonian museums. And then in May, we are going to New Zealand. We are going to go to the American Printing House for the Blind Museum. And then we're going to finish off our Afternoon at the Museum series with a very special episode for veterans on uh, in honor of it's not actually on but it'll be in honor of memorial day so stay tuned for that one lots yeah, of awesome. big shows coming up I'm excited. Ooh, yeah yes. most definitely <laughs> yes. most definitely well thanks everybody and we will see you next week at the same time this has been 
afternoon at the museum from Ira, a description of life. For more information about Ira, visit www.ira.io.